Welcome to Saturday Morning Rewind, a show dedicated to the love of animation and feeling like a kid again. So let's go back in time to when cats defended Third Earth. Sword of Omens, give me sight beyond sight. A masked duck protected the streets of St. Canard. I am the terror that flaps in the night. And knowing was half the battle. Yo, Joe! Let's go back with Saturday Morning Rewind and your host, Tim Nidell. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to a very special episode of Saturday Morning Rewind. Of course, I'm your host, Tim Nadell, and today I am being joined by the one and only Jason from DAF Radio. Hey, how's it going, Disney Afternerds? Toonsters, good to be here. <laughs> I haven't really uh, been to your side of the the, podsca- the podcast sphere in a while, so it's, it's always great to be here, and we should probably come back again soon. <laughs> I know, seriously, man. <laughs> but today we are going to be talking about and playing the full Tailspin panel from last year's Stanley LA Comic Con. Yeah, that's right. And before we do, I kind of wanted to, to sit down with you and talk a little bit about uh, the genesis of how we got it and what uh, fans can expect from the panel. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, I wasn't there, but it was a DAF radio panel. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a different experience for me. <laughs> um, before we, we go into that, I want to start from the beginning, though. So it was about a little over a year ago. I had already finished the Darkwing Duck 25th anniversary panel, which we've got right there on uh, DAF Radio YouTube. Check that out. Uh, great panel. It really got me pumped up for doing these. And so I was like, okay, what can I do next? And I was looking at okay, well, what's who has an inner, you know, uh, an anniversary? And obviously there was Ducktales. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I'm interested in Ducktales, and I talked about that with Gary already. But the other one that I had been it was interested in was actually Goof Troop. And I was looking at that, and I'm like, you know what? It's the 25th anniversary of Goof Troop. That would be a really cool panel. And something I don't know if a lot of Disney after nerds know because I haven't really talked about it. Actually, Bill Farmer's people had reached out to me back when I did my first panel in 2015, the Disney Afternoon 25th Anniversary panel. And if there's one thing from all of this I wish I could redo, it's how I handled that. Because I was brand new. I was very Mm, green to the whole convention panel. I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) And we were about, uh, I don't know, a, a month, a little bit less into before the panel. And I was like, oh, well, we're filled. We've got all the people. And I don't know why I could get you a ticket. I'm sorry. So I turned Bill Farmer away. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, I was like, okay, you know what? We'll do another panel with Bill later. And then we were going to do one in Palm Springs with Bill. And th- then that fell apart also. And I just have not been able to get a panel with Bill. And at this point, I'm kind of thinking I'm not going to. But a year ago, I was like, okay, uh, maybe I'll get something for Goof Troop. And it just it just didn't work out. And I don't feel like you can do a Goof Troop panel without Goofy. No. I mean, as long as Bill's alive. Yeah, yeah. why wouldn't you do it? That's, that's stupid, yep. you know. So I, I quickly changed my mind. And I actually kind of dropped the idea, and I was just going to do DuckTales. And then I was kind of talking to you, and I was like, you know, it'd be really cool if you did a panel. Because I still thought I was going to the convention. 
you know, at this point. And yeah, then, at, that, at that point, it was going to be you hosting the uh, DuckTales. I was going to host the Tailspin one. Right, right. Well, and I came up with the idea of Tailspin only because uh, after DuckTales, it's my favorite show from the Disney afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, it just so happens that I have connections with the right people from that show. I have a lot of connections with the Tailspin cast and crew. Um, co-creator Jim Magon, you know, I can go on and on. And I really wanted to do a good Tailspin panel. Uh, the very first thing that I had done, any convention kind of panel-ish, I held a library event in, I think it was early 2015 in uh, Glendale, California. And I actually had the Silvershers who wrote the theme song. I had Lynn Smith, who was the Cloud Kicker character designer. I had Jim Magon, who was the co-creator. And I enjoyed it. And I'm going to put this out eventually. I, I I was a little embarrassed, actually, by by how it turned out. But it was like my very first experience. So it's like there's a learning curve. <laughs> I, I Trust me, I completely understand that learning curve. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, but... I felt bad because it's like that kind of was the tailspin panel, but I'm like, no, no, no. I need a proper tailspin panel. And the the anniversary for tailspin is a few years off. I don't know that I'm really going to be doing these convention panels for too much longer. So I think that uh, DAF Radio is starting to wind down. We're not dead yet, but we're, we're moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? Just in case, let's do this now. We have to do it now. So... We got. I, I reached out to uh, Jim Magon, of course. Have to get Jim if you're doing Tailspin. Um, I reached out to James Tim Walker, who was a director on Tailspin. A lovely gentleman. I really enjoy uh, the interview I did with him uh, previous to that. I reached out to producer Ed Gertner to appear. Um, I reached out to the original Kit Cloud Kicker, Alan Roberts. That was a real treat. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know if a lot of people know this, but he was the original Kit. I think he was in only five episodes, um, something like that. And then I reached out to Len Smith again. And, uh, of course, Jim Cummings. We have to have Jim and then Michael Goff. And I thought that was going to be the panel. And then uh, James Tim Walker, unfortunately, had to had to back out. Uh, just it wasn't it wasn't because he didn't want to do it. It's just, you know, life happens, you know. Uh, similar thing with Alan Roberts, uh, Jim Magon, who I was really kind of building it around him. He was the center of the whole thing. Uh, he unfortunately had some health issues, you know, some things kind of came up. Um, and he just, he wasn't quite able to, to do it. And it was really unfortunate. And so I was kind of like, okay, uh, Tim, what are we going to do? And then, and then I find out that I'm not even going to be there. So now suddenly <laughs> I'm like, oh, now I'm down I'm not a moderator. So I'm like, all right, Tim, you're going to moderate this, I guess. Can you do DuckTales? <laughs> to which you said, yes, thank uh-huh. you. <laughs> but um, so I turned to you and like, okay, what are we going to do about Tailspin? And so you reached out to Jim Cummings, though. Yeah, I'm the one time. that got Jim Cummings because I have that connection. And then I also reached out to uh, Brian Cummings, which he only did a handful of, like small, small characters on that show. Mm-hmm. But he he knew um, Ed Gilbert, who was the voice of Baloo, personally. So I knew mm-hmm. he had some kind of personal stories he can tell about Ed. Right, right. And, you know, it turned out that Brian was coming for the DuckTales panel anyway. Exactly. He was already there. S- Exactly. So we just got double booking for him, which was great. Um, and then at the last minute, I was like, I want a writer. And so I reached out to Chuck Tately, mm-hmm. who I had never talked with before. And he was game. He's like, yeah, let's do it. 
Oh, he was, like and he was great on the panel too. I'm glad he was there. Yeah. So it, and then there you go. Now the only thing, other thing is with Tailspin, I really wanted it to be more of an afternoon panel because that's kind of where the crowds are. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the best <laughs> I could do was they gave me a morning shift. So yep. you were actually there. I wasn't. Please uh, t- take it away. What well, happened after that? Well, first of all, we were supposed to be on Sunday morning. But then yes. I believe you and I both said, let's not do a Sunday. Let's do Saturday, right? What Was it our decision, I believe, to change it to Saturday? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I wanted to do Saturday. Uh, my experience is the convention's pretty much dead by yep, Sunday Exactly. Anyway. People are heading out. People only go mainly Saturday to those big ones at least. Right. Right. And and I think there were some of the people, the panelists, that oh, that's weren't really right. able to do Sunday. That's right. I think there was a couple that were questionable for Sunday. Yeah. So, so, but that's where kind of it kind of kicks me in the butt because Jim Cummings was actually 15 minutes late for the panel because <laughs> I guess he didn't get the notification that it was moved to Saturday. I think it started at 10 a.m. I think I believe the convention actually opens around 10 a.m., maybe 9:30 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm trying to meet up all the panelists. Everybody's there except for Jim. I was like, oh crap. So, um, luckily, I had his phone number, and uh, if I didn't have a phone number, he wouldn't have been there whatsoever. <laughs> wow wow and saved I, by tim yeah I, I i called him and he's like oh sorry i thought it was tomorrow at 10 a.m like no 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 they moved it he's okay well i'm in the green room right now how do i get there <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's, it, the funny thing is i actually have to start doing the panel because i'm already waiting like five or, mi- or seven minutes after i'm supposed to start already mm-hmm. and it's like okay let's just get going and uh that's when jim calls me back and actually, you hear that in the panel audio that we're going to play pretty soon. You hear Jim calling me. You kind of hear him in the background a little bit. How do I get there? Where do I go? <laughs> <laughs> and so I hand off, since, since, since I'm moderating it, I hand off the cell phone to my, our friend Christy from Voice Chasers. And uh, she meets up with him and brings him in about maybe 15 to 17 minutes too late. But not too oh, late, but later. Great. You know, He was there, and he brought a lot of great stuff to the panel, but he was about 15 to 17 minutes late. No, Tim, you're doing it wrong. He wasn't late. He was a surprise panelist. That's true. <laughs> if his name wasn't on the, the register thing, I would agree with that. I know. I know. We we were that close to, to getting away with it. But, well, what are you going to do? So, you know, so the interesting thing, this is the interesting thing, is I know some basic things that happen with the panel. But even though it, I, I produced the panel, I still haven't heard the whole panel. <laughs> So, so just really quick, we were originally going to have the video for this released. Unfortunately, as I've talked about on the DAF radio streams, uh, there's some behind the scenes stuff. It's it's kind of being held up. It's I want it out. I really do, but it's kind of out of my hands at the moment. And I'm really not happy about it. Mm-hmm. So that's why you know you and I talked about it. And we're like, you know what? We can at least put out the audio that you had. Yeah, because I had my equipment um, there while I recorded it. And yep, exactly, exactly. So I'm really excited that we can at least do that as soon as soon as I have the video. We're putting that out. That's my yeah, promise yep. to. To, to your listeners, to my listeners, it will get released one way or the other. Um, but as a result, I because you had the audio, I haven't been, had a chance to listen to it yet. This will be a treat for me because I'm actually introducing a <laughs> panel I haven't even heard yet. 
<laughs> so so kind of walk us through just a little bit. What are some of the more interesting things that you would like some of the listeners to kind of pay attention to as they listen to this? So in the beginning, I, I, I started off with the people behind the scenes. I started off with like Len Smith and Ed, um, Ed Gertner, uh, Chuck Tately, because they're the ones that really kind of created the show from the ground up, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they, sure. they go in, talk about some of the characters. They talk about some of the storylines that they, you know, wrote and some of their favorite stuff that they added to the show. And then, um, of course, Brian Cummings came, comes in and starts talking about Ed Gilbert, how, you know, how he was a big, um, oh, insect guy. What is that? What is that term called? When you're like, oh a, yeah, I forget Jeez. the term, but he actually like he actually like discovered like insects and actually gave them names and everything, almost like Indiana Jones with insects. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I it's on the top of my. Yeah, I know, tongue. I know. Think about it. I'll mention it, but continue. Please. They mention it in the in the in the in the uh, panel, so you'll hear it mentioned there. Um, and then, if you listen to me, I, I am nervous in the first ten minutes, but that's only because I didn't know where Jim was. <laughs> So I'm thinking, oh crap, where's Jim? And then as soon as he comes in, uh, it just it just lights up when Jim comes in. Mm-hmm. And why wouldn't it? It's Jim coming exactly. You know, it's it's interesting. So I would say, all these years later, Don Carnage is possibly the most popular character for yeah. that show. Yeah, I think I, so. I, yeah, I think that's fair to say. Entomology. That's, that's it. it. That's it. Yep. Entomology. Okay. Okay. Just so we can get that out. Now we can move on. So <laughs> anyway, though, Don Carnage, I, I think he might be the most popular character on the show. So oh, it's yeah. great to have Jim. Yeah. Well, he did the voice. Uh, he does. He did, He tells a great story about for his, for his kids. He was asked to uh, play Captain Hook in a play. And he, instead of doing the voice of Captain Hook, he was Don Carnage in the play. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So it was great to have them there. Um, were there any other really interesting stories that Chuck or, or or Ed or you know any of them talked about that you think might be kind of interesting to pay attention to? I, re- I remember. Is, this is odd because I don't think I've ever heard this before, but they mentioned how somebody behind the scenes, somebody high up in the Tailspin you know, group, wanted to fire Sally Struthers from the voice of Rebecca. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. You know, think about Sally and I haven't met her yet. I would love to. It'd be fantastic. But I, I think that it was great to have her as Rebecca. I really feel like it created a second kind of career for her. I know she was for a lot of people. She's kind of thought of as all in the family, you Mm -hmm. know, but I really feel like tailspin just kind of presented herself to a whole new audience. And she did such a great job with the role would have been it would have been a treat to have her yeah. fortunately that wasn't possible but that's that's really interesting though yeah I, i've never heard that and everybody who was there said she was amazing and super nice you know so why fire her i guess they just had something negative you know they didn't really like something about her i don't know wow that's interesting well there that's something so i i you learn something new every day right exactly. and, and that's the thing as long as I've been doing this adventure with DAF Radio and helping with Saturday Morning Rewind sometimes and what have you, I've learned so much behind-the-scenes stuff, facts, what have you, about the history of all these fantastic cartoons that I grew up with that I just I didn't know before. And I feel like just as I, I've learned everything, I haven't. There's some new bit mm-hmm. of information out there. Yep. One of the things that it kind of reminds me what my mom talked about, what she likes about DAF radio is that she's like, I really like the human interest stuff. 
you know, the kind of the angle where we, we don't just talk to these voice actors or writers or producers or musicians or whoever about just their role in whatever the show is. We end up talking about them as a person, their outlook on life. You yeah. Know? What, what it is about them that kind of added to these properties that have made them so beloved. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I've got to say that is, I think, a really positive aspect about all of this, including the panels. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Well, I think that's probably enough rattling around. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to give away too much more. So I think just, they just need to check it out for themselves. Exactly, exactly. And I guess this the last thing I'd, I'd mention is, again, this out, outside of DuckTales, which is my favorite, Tailspin is my next favorite show from the Disney Afternoon. You know, you wouldn't think about it because it, on paper it sounds weird. Okay, the stars of Jungle Book are, you know, fighting air pirates and <laughs> sending luggage, mm-hmm. you know, cargo. And, <laughs> but a show really works. It really holds... It really holds together after all these years. And so the only other thing I would suggest to all the listeners out there is after you're done with this panel, go watch the Tailspin episodes. Yes. And since it's the only Disney Afternoon show right now that's completely released on DVD, it's completely out there on iTunes, you've got lots of opportunities to go watch this show. If you don't have it one way or the other, go get it. Go watch it. You'll be yep. you'll be grateful. You'll come back. Hey, Jason, Tim, thanks for suggesting yep. that. You exactly. Know. But all right, I guess that's about it. And now here is the uh, DAF Radio presents the Tailspin panel from the Stanley LA Comic Con 2017. Yeah, I, I find that I'm starting to, I'm starting to forget names. Names are really tough. I go home and I speak to my wife, what's her face, and I don't I, <laughs> totally, you know. It's just, but, but it, it, stuff like that sneaks up on you. It's just one of those things, right? Yeah. There were, in fact, someday, you know, you always remember weird facts. I, I don't know. I always remember weird facts. Maybe it's because in a session you kind of, you're there and you want to entertain your client as well as do a good job. So I always try to find something weird. And I read in a, in a magazine, and this is poignant to me because it was a famous quote from a famous author, being clever, saying, I never remember a name but I always forget a face. Now, if I could remember who the <laughs> author was, it would be even more poignant, but that's what makes it strange for me. Is I saw it. It was a real quote. I just don't remember who said it, but there you go. Well, that's what I was wondering if you were next door. When you got home, you know, what's your face? Yeah. There? Oh. <laughs> okay. Swipe your feet and make sure you get the dog hair off your lecture. I guess he sheds a lot. I, I'm reminded of a joke. Oh, good. <laughs> Two elderly couples are having dinner together at one of them's house. And the wives are in the kitchen, the husbands are at the table. I got to tell you, we ate, we ate the best meal last night. We went to this restaurant. I've never had such a great meal. And I said, oh, uh, I'll have to try it out. Where, where, where was this place? Oh, um, yeah, no, it's, um, yeah. Um, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, oh, what's the flower with the, fl- with the thorns, the flower? The right, the rose? Goes, yeah, right, rose. Hey, Rose, where'd we eat last <laughs> night? <laughs> Ooh, okay. Uh, awesome. uh, Great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no symbols, but yeah. Yeah, now we need a rim shot. Yeah, we do. Okay, uh, yeah. Is it, uh, th- uh, this, uh, I think we should get started then. Okay, good. Cause we don't, you guys know Jim. He'll be here any minute. So. Okay, excellent. Um, okay, so on behalf of DAF Radio, I want to welcome you guys to the uh, Tailspin panel. Like I said, it is being recorded for video, so if you guys want to check out the video later, check out their YouTube channel. Just type in DAF Radio. And uh, our panelists for today, for the uh, Tailspin panel, let's go all the way to the end, to Len Smith. He was the character designer for Tailspin. So everybody. 
Next to him, we have Ed Gertner, director. And we have Michael Goff. Of course, you know him as the voice of Colonel Spickett. And then next to Michael, we have uh, Chuck Tately. Is it Tately, correct? Tately, yes. Tately um, writer for Kelston. And Brian Cummings, voice of one character from one episode. Do you remember that character's name? <laughs> I told you, I don't remember names. I'm sorry. Well, let's see. His name, excuse me, Phil. <laughs> It's, his name was, I have it somewhere. Isn't it I, that's an interesting Yeah. I have it somewhere. It was a fellow from another part of the world. His name was, I have it somewhere. Okay. He was a wonderful man. Uh, he now has a bed and breakfast someplace in Arizona. Yes. No, I don't but I also asked you here because you were actually good friends with Ed Gilbert, who was exactly. the voice of Baloo. Uh, yes. So yes. Yeah. you'll be here to talk about him as well. I, have a, you know, I, I only have a couple stories I can tell about Ed, but those are pithy in their own way, I think. I hope. Okay. Anyway, it's nice to be with you as well. You, you know, Ed discovered species of... Yeah. Uh, like, yes. like almost two dozen species, which he also named. He, yeah. we'd, we'd be going into a session. Ed couldn't be there that day because he'd be gone for six weeks someplace in South America traipsing through the jungle and finding yeah. stuff that, uh, that nobody else had ever noticed. It's pretty remarkable. Did really you know they, they almost had Phil Harris doing the voice? No, I didn't know. What that. happened with that? Wow. They Why? tried to get him. He was just, he did the original Baloo in the, uh, yeah. in the mm -hmm. Jungle Book. Yeah. And he was retired in, in Palm Springs, and it was just so much effort, he didn't really care. Mm. But they tried a early episode or so, and then went another, another way. You know, we, yep. we used him for the uh, advertising for him okay. because mm. there was, you know, they, they wanted to support him, and he said, well, I'll do the, I'll do the ads. So he did some <laughs> of the ads for him. Okay. Now, Lynn, as the uh, character designer on the show, did you were you involved in pretty much all the characters we saw on the screen, or were there certain ones that you created, or how was that process for you? Um, I submitted for a lot of characters, but uh, the four main ones I did were uh, Don Carnage, uh, Kit, Cloud Kicker, Molly, and Wildcat. Okay. Oh, nice. Besides a lot of the uh, incidental characters in the episodes. Okay. I also heard that um, originally were they supposed to be foxes? Um, Molly and Rebecca? Rebecca was tried out as a fox. But that was just, you know, just to try different things. Yeah. Yeah. I got Jim Cummings calling me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Speaker. Jim. Okay, I'm handing, I'm handing the phone over to Christy. Awesome. Awesome. Right, sorry, guys. <laughs> So, uh, as, I was also uh, the art director. Yeah, I was going to say, not only the director art, you also did art. And working with Lynn, uh, we were trying different things. Uh, we had different characters. We didn't want to keep it to the jungle book. Uh, we wanted it to open up to the world, almost like what they did with Zootopia. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we, we were trying a lot of different characters and different styles. And that's when I moved into, I said, nah. Let somebody else take it. Uh, a lady named uh, Carol Police became the uh, art director. Do you know if they wanted to use any other characters from Jungle Book that they didn't use? Well, we, we, we tried. I remember one time talking about Ka, but uh, it never, the stories never came through with that. And it, it was kind of a stretch to put Shere Khan in a suit 
But it, it is amazing to us as, as performers and, and the people in your cast who on a regular basis develop these characters, uh, it's amazing coming as a guest performer to see the, the development of what you see visually because we have to pick up from what you do. Where in order to make it a whole being, we have to see what's going on. But then also to sit in the cast with Michael and with the other cast members because of the, the camaraderie and the rhythm that happens between those people to kind of step into that is in itself a challenge and, and, and invigorating and kind of a, a high in its own right. It was definitely invigorating at the time we were doing yeah. so many episodes so quick. Yeah. <clears throat> Once that train got going. Michael, tell me about Colonel Spigot. Where did you come up with that voice? And can we hear it? <laughs> I suppose you could hear it in your dreams. Um, Perhaps you've heard of me. Well, you know, there's something pretty unique uh, for me about uh, Colonel Spigot, and you'll know what I'm talking about. When I, <clears throat> the character had been cast, uh, and somebody else had done a couple of episodes, a few, I oh, think. Oh, really? And for some reason, it just wasn't working out. So they recast it, and but by the time I, I, I had auditioned for it and then been uh, chosen, they had already produced maybe three or so episodes with Colonel Spigot. So the animation was already done. Um, so the first few episodes that I did were all done to the picture where you're watching it and you have to match the, the you know, which is a little unusual in animation oh, yeah. usually. All the uh, uh, you know, the voice stuff is recorded first. So that was an interesting, you know, twist on it. Um, I think the first episode that I did, and again, this was all, so I'm watching it as it's going along, was uh, The Idle Rich, the episode uh, where they, the golden, the idol that, yeah, I forgot the name of it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but you, you know which episode I'm talking about? I am, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it was an interesting challenge, and it's, it's what uh, voice actors do, you know, when they're doing ADR after the fact, you know, if they go back to redo something that they've already done to match, uh, you know, the mouth movements and everything. So that was, that was fun and interesting, and I know that they just... They wanted to hear something that was quite different than, I, I think maybe what happened the first time around was that the character had maybe some kind of a, an accent that made him perhaps sound a little bit like an SS officer or a little Nazi-ish or something. So they wanted to just get away from that and yet have him be full of this Napoleon complex where he's you know, he's insecure about being so short, um, and yet he has delusions of grandeur, and because he has the big uh, the, uh, incisors sticking out, he, uh, something of a speech impediment was, uh, yeah. seemed to be in order, so that's... It seems like a lot of your characters have that speech impediment. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're short, gopher, of course. they have speech impediment. Yeah, they're all short, it's true. Uh, there was, yeah, Gopher from Winnie the Pooh, and... Uh, 
Uh, yeah, something to do with teeth, <laughs> short stature, and speech impediments. Um, but he's, he became quite uh, an enjoyable and fun character to be because of that thing that you're playing against. You know, he's like, uh, you know, I am Colonel Spigot. And then, of course, it's perhaps you've heard of me. So he's, he sees himself as this giant dictator, and yet he's like, D does anybody notice me? <laughs> Uh, so that's a really interesting thing to yeah. play around with. Chuck, tell me about writing for Tailspin. Did you have to stick to a certain formula when, when writing one of the episodes? Uh, well, they didn't even have a formula when okay. I started. They, it was just, uh, I think I was one of the first scripts that got written, the first one I did. And I'd been on sitcoms, but I liked animation, so I got to know Jim, and he let me try it. And they were trying to find the show in the early scripts, and they were even changing the names. It was Sher Khan in one draft, then he was Mr. Something or Other in the next. Then it went back to Sher Khan. Uh, I think Don Carnage was the pirate Anthrax originally. Wow. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Where did they kind of, didn't the band have problems with the name, I believe? I think uh, I heard that somewhere where the band Anthrax had a problem with oh, the name. Yeah. That, I don't know. The, I think I've heard a little bit of that, but I'm not positive. Well, well then wouldn't the Poison have a problem <laughs> with the band? I don't Poison's know. a different band. But never mind. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's different for me. I was a freelancer, so I didn't actually go into work every day. I meet all these people for the first thing, first time today. Um, I yeah. also work uh, right now on uh, uh, Curious George, and they had a rap party for a movie I wrote, and that was the first time I ever met my coworkers. <laughs> it's, it's a strange thing. Yeah. What was one of your favorite episodes you wrote for Tailspin? Uh, Probably my favorite was the first one I did, A Bad Reflection on You. Okay. It, um, it was a good one with Don Carnage. And um, one of the odd things about that is it was a, a one-parter originally when I wrote it. And I guess Jim had some kind of an order from above that they needed a two-parter. So Jim Magon, who was the head writer on the thing, he took the episode I wrote and he added scenes to it to fill it out to a two-part episode. So almost like every other scene is mine, his, mine, his. Uh, the credits are a little odd, though, because they had already uh, animated it by the time he wrote the filler <laughs> scenes. So he gets credit for part two, I get credit for part two, for part one, just to simplify it. I think also in that one, we've got two voices of Kit, because oh, the wow. voice of Kit changed yeah. in the middle of that. Yeah. So different scenes <laughs> have different Kits. Wow. Wow. Interesting. Brian, tell me about the character you don't remember voicing. <laughs> <laughs> now, but as I listen to these, the most m magnificent thing about what we do, and why I'm really grateful to be here, despite the fact that I don't remember, remember the name of my character, one of the things that's, that's neat about it is when you get really busy, you do enough stuff that sometimes you don't remember everything specifically. But what I always love about it is you walk into the room. There's the Jimmer. Hey, yeah. Mr. Cummings. I always forget your last name, though. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> What's, what's wonderful is you take a script that's really well written, you take a character that's well defined, and you put the voice together, and between all three of us, it's kind of like we're, we're Henson-esque kind of people because the character doesn't become whole when we realize the, the intent of the writer, when we realize what the character looks like, and what we do to put the, all of those things together. I had a wonderful voice coach who reminded me that, that, that what you look at and what you hear in, in the text and those things are, are kind of like the, uh, the visual of the character, like you, you see a, uh, a statue of a character. And then when you put the voice and all of those things together, you find the intent of the character. So it's not what the character says, 
and what he looks like alone is when you put all those things together and you find the subtext of the character, what the character's like inside. That happens only when you put all of what we do together. So it's a team effort. And while we all, occasionally as performers sit in front of you or stand in front of you and get applauded, it is not by us alone that this becomes magical. It becomes magical because it's a team effort. And everybody is really doing a great job at everything together. And that's what makes it special. Unless it's Jim. Now Ray, you then tell it's all. me. Yeah. So that's how it works. I owe you <laughs> I'll give it to you for a 90 minutes. I was going to say these aren't on. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, Jim Cummings. Hi. Of so many Sorry. characters on the show. Hi. <laughs> Sorry I'm late, Busy everybody. Hey, uh, yes. Anyway. So is it fun? Time, we, is it fun yet, though? Are we having fun? <laughs> okay, good. And the crowd went mild. <laughs> yeah. Every time we we just went down the table, and then you're next. Oh, okay. That's so, uh, okay. <laughs> Oh, I, got I think it's weird to see time. two Cummings in I know, what are the yeah. odds? And what, no, matter, no matter what it says on Wikipedia, we don't come from the same town. And though we are <laughs> yeah, probably distantly related, we probably. don't know how, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Exactly. We, we were infected with the same There's a stand-up bug. comedian in the woodpile someplace back yeah, there. Somewhere, somewhere, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jim, tell me about uh, Don Carnage. Don Carnage, uh, you know, it's amazing that you ask me this, because if I was not me, I would envy you getting to meet me. He's very humble. Uh, no, I don't know. I, Don Carnage, well, uh, I don't know where he's from, but that was the idea. People say, is he Russian or from Cuba? And I go, you bet. Um, and uh, so I don't know. He's, uh, I always thought about him as like the, the only Monty Python character that had snuck into a Disney show somehow or another. And uh, so he was, just, he was just a lot of fun. And... Uh, they they kind of uh, allowed me to ad lib and you know screw the character all up and you know off is not a place you want to tick me I tell you you know and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just kind of throw everything to the wind and he was just a ball he was a ball that's that's what he was yeah what about Louis yeah. I love Louis he was well thank you I do too I Louis there's probably like a handful of uh, gigs that, that I you know, came before me and I thought, oh, God, I have to get this one. I really, really have to get this one. Because, uh, you, you know, I, I actually met Louis Prima once and uh, in the French Quarter. I, I, for a long time, I lived in New Orleans when I was a kid. And, uh, and he was kind of, he was cool. He was that transition between, like, big band era and rock and roll, I think. He was, like, right in, right in there. And, uh, you know, Jump, Jive, and Whale and all those great songs. And, and I said, man, I, I just, I want to get out. I want to sing that dang song. Uh, I want to be like you, you know. So I, I really went after Louie, and uh, I just knock on, thank you, Lord. I, I, I uh, ended up getting, uh, getting the gig. And it was just a lot of fun, you know. And he, he was a jazzy guy, and, uh, and I, I just had the time of my life. And, and for what it's worth, when I, I got married uh, in uh, the, the last time, uh, it was in 2001, and uh, I hired Sam Butera to play at our wedding. Uh, he was the sax player in the in the band, in Louis Prima's band, and uh, it was just a gas, you know. And I, I got to meet him, and he and, he, and the, he offered me a gig to sing as Louis. And I go, "Where were you when I needed you?" You know, it's like I'm hiring you now, you know. Wow. But it was a, it was a, just a, a treasure to me, you know. And you know, he's a cool cat, man. And uh, so, yeah, and I got to jam with Phil Harris as a result, which was not bad. I've got it on my own home movie somewhere. Oh my! Me God. and Phil Harris singing because they never sang it live. I want to be like I 
uh, in the movie, they were never in the room together at the same time. Baba do we? Baba dabba doll. Baba dabba doll with his eyes, eyes. They were separate. They were never together. You'd never have known it, but uh, so it was. It was a ball. That's what it was. Still is. Let's everybody sing along. Come on, you know. Led <laughs> <laughs> back over to you. When you created the look of Don Carnage, what did you use as references to create that character? My mind. No, <laughs> 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 yeah, the uh, the character description. You know, like it was a pirate, chest out. You know, egotistical guy, uh, and then you know, basic pirate type clothing. So, yeah, you put all that together. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Hmm. What was interesting directing was taking what Len did and knowing what Jim could do, and really Don Carnage, uh, for me, was one of those guys. Oh, Don Carnage! He really talked like this. He's from Brooklyn. You know, I mean, that's how I saw it. Is he's, he's, he was always putting on this air, and uh, whatever Jim came up with was the, the 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 character itself for that particular uh, episode. It was odd for me because when I would write for like Don Carnage, I had not heard the voice yet, oh. and I had not seen the character. Wow! So oh, I was boy. just yeah. writing, and then when You're I flying blind, it, yeah, a long time later, they had a finished episode. They brought us all in to see, and when I heard what you were doing with it, oh man, I wish I'd done more Don Carnage episodes. <laughs> well, for what it's worth, I my my older daughter Raleigh, uh, she's thirty now, but when she was a kid, we. Uh, she would corral me in to do plays out at the Thousand Oaks Civic Center and one of them was Peter Pan and they said well would you be Captain Hook and I said yes I would love to be Captain Hooks and he was Don Carnage (laughs) (laughs) and I just did Don Carnage as Captain Hook it was great (laughs) I am a pirate and it's my phone excuse me I'm very important guy I'm going to have to put this on hold but uh, and he was always nothing ever ru- sort of like that, and it, it was just a ball, yeah. It, uh, Don Carnage is Captain Hook. Why not? And at the end of the show, a bunch of little kids came up. Excuse me, excuse me, but are you Don Carnage? And I said, Yes, I am, you little weasel. <laughs> you know, and it was it was a ball. <laughs> Brian, you know, you and I have talked about this before because we're friends and all. Um, yeah. How close you were to Ed, the voice of Baloo. Yeah. Tell me about Ed. Well, it's, again, there's not a lot that you could that, that you could say about people sometimes when they tell you personal things about their lives that you maybe... They, oh, the two things I remember is Ed was an on-camera actor. He did a, a classic James Garner movie, and it was his first encounter with Hollywood. And so they said, you know those beautiful ladies in the scene from yesterday? You want to go out Thursday night because one's available? Uh, that was his, his uh, encounter with the first time in Hollywood. But the best thing about Ed is uh, I lived north of Los Angeles uh, in Canyon Country and there's a nature center in the area and my one of my kids dated a girl uh, at, at the high school and her dad worked at this nature center and they were best friends with it and they would come and visit them and regale them with stories we talk sometimes before sessions he would be gone and we wouldn't know what happened to Ed and he was like six weeks later he'd come back and say I've been in South America again and this time I found six different insects that nobody had ever seen before pain, and, yeah. and he literally named dozens of yeah. them himself he was like an amazing entomologist he's a brainer of a guy I also remember reading for um, for Howard the Duck 
mm. uh, with, with Ed in the same room. Wow. And, and I had to, because I'm a voice actor first, and so for me to get the voice to, to do what they wanted, I had to use the microphone. Only. They had an, a, a film camera a director person, so there was no microphone in the room. They just said, just do the voice across the desk, and I'm trying to gargle up something that's, that I don't do unless I'm in close proximity to the microphone. Then Ed walked in, and bam, he nailed it. It was perfect. Huh. Uh, very humble man. Very nice man, easy to work with and always mm -hmm. gregarious. If you're going to go into a session and you're nervous, as I used to be, I, this is terrible. First time I worked for Hanna-Barbera, our audition at Hanna-Barbera, Ginny said we had to think about calling security because we thought there was an earthquake going on. It was you trying not to act scared, but shaking so much that the room vibrated. <laughs> yeah. And Ed was, was cool because Ed made you at ease, made you work around that stuff, and it was awesome. Great. So, wow. Yeah, that's kind of it's the best of my Ed stuff. And I, I think I probably owe him six bucks, but he won't call. So there you go. I, I always used to hit him up for insect knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I saw him, because I, when I was a kid, I, I loved insects and I tried to collect butterflies and yeah. and all that. And he was, yeah, he, he. It's almost like he would just drop whatever he was doing, and he would just talk he about would go off. He'd tell you about his latest, uh, you know, sojourn in South America. And they were, they were, I mean, mm -hmm. you think Bear Grylls is crazy. Uh, Ed went to some yeah. really crazy places. Which oh, was, yeah. I mean, he, yeah. he was like Indiana Jones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, wow. What about you, Jim? What's your experience working with, with Ed? Well, he would never let me name any of the bugs. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I thought, oh, come on, Bugabus Maximus, really? That's not, you know. No, he, he was a great guy. It was a, a it, uh, I, I, Pat Fraley and, and he used to spar a little bit in, in some of the sessions, and it was fun and stuff. And I, I think uh, one of the things that Pat had cracked me up, he, Pat told him there was a joke, something about, ah, oh, man, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to remember it now, but he, he said, why, why is it that, uh, but why is it that a Scots, do you know why it is that a Scotsman wears a kilt? Why? Well, because a sheep can hear a zipper from a mile away. And he goes, I'm sorry, but that's an Irish accent. That's not Scottish. I go, I know, but it's, and Pat's going, it, the, it, the Scotsman can't tell it on himself. It has to be an Irishman telling about it. <laughs> I, I don't think I follow that. And I, so, I, you know, it was like, so we moved on to Haggis. I, like, I, I don't know. But, yeah, he was just a great guy, a really yeah. affable yeah. guy. Yeah. Great. He's that's a cool he dude. Say, hi, how's your thorax? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So before we started, I said to think of some questions if you had any. Um, does anybody have any questions? Keep it family friendly. Keep it, you know, on topic. Does anybody have any questions? Oh, well, never mind. Now, uh, yeah, no, no, no. yeah. All these rigid rules. <laughs> yes. I was just kind of curious, uh, because you said you hadn't necessarily heard the voices before uh, it went to voiceover, and you improvised a lot. Like, how much changes would go from script to screen, and what were some of the most drastic changes? Oh gosh, I don't think I can remember any. But I, I just, I, uh, you know, I would always take the intent of the line. I remember Jim Magon used to get a kick out of. Uh, I would. Don Carnage would get mad and go, well, son of a gun, I can't, and he'd go, did he call me? No. And it was, I mean, silly things like that. I, I don't, uh, I remember one time it was something about, and they, they incorporated it, uh, Don Carnage was ordering his pirates to uh, seize them, seize them. So instead I said, get them, a lot. You know, and it just, it made sense yeah. at the time. And I mean, silly things like that, I, I don't know. 
I can't think of too many. Great thing about great writing is, is it stimulates you to do other stuff. Yeah. So, so uh, and, and, and Jim is one of the great ad-libbers of our business. When we did uh, totally different show, we, we did Fern Gully and had small parts in it. I had a student, former student with me, and they booked us for the second day because we had a nice rapport. We came back the second day and the guy said, thanks for showing up. Uh, union says we got to pay you, but you can go home now because they had just secured Robin Williams who had come in the day before oh, wow. and worked from 6 o'clock in the evening till about 3 o'clock in the morning just riffing off their script, which, again, if you got good bones to hang your performance on, mm -hmm. then people who are great ad-libbers just oh, yeah. go with it. So they rewrote the movie around Robin, to make, and the movie was a better movie than what they originally, that, that's what they said, and it turned out to be successful. And I know that, that this happens. One of the reasons that they hire people, not just for our voices, but among the better ad-libbers in the business, because they improve the project by things that come out of their gut and just happen. That's part of the magic. Yeah. When the series first started, uh, the management had a little bit of a problem with uh, a couple of the characters. Uh, Sally Struthers came in, and then we had. So they, they wanted to hear the voices and match it with the characters. So there, it took a little bit of time getting used to those those voices. But uh, you know, with the talent that we had, it didn't take long to straighten it out. Actually, I have a question for you guys who were there. Um, how much did the management approve scripts and stuff? I work now, and every word, every oh, line goes up yeah. and down. Yeah. And I have memories of turning in a draft to Jim Magon, and the next day, he would just give me his notes. No one else had looked at yeah. it. No, that's, it's scrutinized a lot more these days than it was then. Uh, really, it was pretty smooth on all the shows that we did there. It went through, obviously, you know, what can we say, what can't we say, you know, as far as naming conventions, you know, as far as uh, legal. But, uh, no, the scripts went through fairly easily. easily. I, I had one that was a fun experience, for me at least. But um, if you don't know, it is like a production line, and every Thursday there's a recording section session for the next episode. And it was like a week in advance, and one of the scripts had fallen through. And Jim called me and said, can you write a script this weekend? What's the story? I don't know yet. So we just kind of, I went in with him and Carl Gears, and we spent a few hours beating out a story, and I turned it into an outline. Over the weekend, made it a script. Um, then he did a pass at it, I think, and they recorded it. And it was one of my favorites. It's one where um, they try to take over Louis' Island. It's called Louis' Last Stand. <laughs> and sometimes, mm -hmm. if you don't have the time to think of it, think of things, you just move forward, it's more fresh and fun. Yeah. Like ad living with your word yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Instincts are the best things, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Okay. I guess I got one for all of you guys. Each one of you, if there is a character from a Jungle Book that you would like to have seen on the series, who would you have picked? That one crow. That was a good one. <laughs> that, that was a good one, yeah. Of course, if Ka was in there, you know, it was oh, that's true. another yeah. voice for you to voice. Yes. Evil poo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Len, what about you? Since you were highly involved with the creation of characters, who would you want to see? I'd agree with Ed, the vultures. The vultures. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that would have been fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Board members for sure. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that. You can't go wrong with vultures who are beetles. <laughs> no, you know. It shows you the time that that movie was made because that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I can't say that I ever was wishing for 
Jungle Book characters, they yeah. had already determined which ones were going to be on, so I didn't really have any of those uh, powers. Yeah. Uh, perhaps the, the Panther, but I'm not even sure what I would have used the gear, it before. Yeah. Yeah. Returning character. I'd like to hear about for another episode. Mowgli? Yeah, how would they have done Mowgli? Yeah. I know, we had no humans, I don't no think, ever. It's yeah. kind of a spiritual I guess Kit was the, yeah. the version well, of I, Mowgli. Yeah, yeah, that would have been tough. Be yeah. yeah. Okay. Was there any other fan question? Yes. Uh, how long was it from start to finish for each episode? Like, how much time did you have? You're talking the whole production line? Yeah, like from story to how long did you have time to work for animation? Like, well, I can start saying that. Did you have for animating characters? As far as the script, it was unusual to do it in a week. It was probably about a month, month and a half by the time you turned in your outlines and your various drafts. And then they did what they did with it. We had four weeks to storyboard it, and at the same time as being storyboarded, uh, we had well, we had characters first, but depending on the story. Yeah. Um, yeah, once the whole series got going, it was nonstop. Yeah. Until it, was, yeah. it stopped. Yeah. 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 Well, I would, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, overseas, they have, well, I'm trying to remember now, I'm probably going to screw this one up, but uh, hmm. I think they had a but they seem to have power. So I mean, it was something really fast. Almost all television animation for decades has been overseas. Oh, sorry, yes. Come back to Denver, though. Well, I think that because of the somewhat unusual circumstance of me coming in, you know, after it had already, uh, production had already been done on some of them, uh, I noticed how quickly it was happening. Because those first three that were already animated that I had to match, uh, then the rest of them that were recorded normally seemed to happen really quickly. So I think the uh, assembly line was really in high gear. Mm -hmm. So, about, uh, replacing voices. We were 20 episodes in, and Gary Kreisel was still wanting to replace Sally Struthers. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Not, Sally, you know, yeah, I remember that. Really yeah. fight for her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, because she was really good. I she was yeah, and she was great. I, I, I never, wow. I remember that. I, I didn't understand that, though. Hmm. He was really the only one pushing for it. He just got it in his head that he wasn't happy. Well, I yeah. do. Uh, you, Jim, might remember the the, the original Colonel Spigot uh, sort of sounded like this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He was doing it. Full blown. Evil Nazi. He was. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, "Okay, we don't need quite Hitler. A <laughs> <laughs> little, little less Manson, please." And uh, yeah. It's like Danda. Yeah. Hi, Spigot. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yes. But we did notice that anything, it seemed like anything I did for Disney was short, had some kind of tooth issue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Sometimes. And he had a moist delivery, as I recall. <laughs> well. Uh, to be kind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be sitting over here, Michael. That's good. That's good. Yeah. How wet was that mic? And stay there. Yeah, that's right. How wet was that mic after every recording? <laughs> Well, you know, I'm not saying, but uh, I usually 
there were a couple of buckets. <laughs> That's right. and Those foam windscreens, you can ring them out. It's really easy. That's right. Very practical. <laughs> so online, we asked for some questions on the DF Radio fan page, and uh, Jarrell Hamilton asks, is there an Jor-El? episode? Jarrell? Jarrell, that's what it says. Wow, yeah, Superman's dad. What are the odds? <laughs> Was there an episode you wanted to make that never got the opportunity to make? Oh, remember that one? <laughs> it's been too long. The feature film episode? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. yeah. Maybe more with that one character? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one. No, same thing. But it's the same thing. We, one thing I, I noticed, a lot of times over the years, now that you can look back, a lot of people fall in love with certain things that you do. Whether it's conscious or not, there seems to be a kind of a synergy that people will, will find something in your sound and you'll work for one group of people, another group of people, and you'll find that they've cast you in something that's similar, that they kind of just decide what's your, what's your groove, as it were. Mm-hmm. It's not my guitar, but okay. But yeah, so so sometimes we find ourselves kind of repeating things, and then there's that pressure to go. I don't want to be like I did for for something else, and then you keep kind of getting directed into that groove because someone's had it in their mind that that's where they want you to go, and I don't want it. It's like you did the same character over again. Come on. So yeah, that's part. And also other actors. There are amazing people in your cast. You want to make sure that you separate yourself from what they do. Sometimes you walk in. I teach people, and I'll say, go in with an idea what you know what they want. Go in with three things, because as soon as they say, yeah, but we got a guy who's really, we got Jim Cummings, who's much better than you at doing that character. So, so then I say, okay, nobody well, ever I, says that. I, I, I promise you that. So <laughs> then, then, but you have an alternate, so you can find some other way to go with the character, so you, you don't have to leave the room and go, oh, Jim got the job. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's really, and he's an same, icon. It's the same thing with the artwork too. Mm-hmm. I can probably see you a little bit more. You know, we're always looking, at, at, animation is a caricature, and you always mm-hmm. want to push that and try something different. And so it, you'll go from one end to the other extreme. Uh, not that one's better than the other, but something might click with an audience. And that's what you, you hopefully, you end up with. And you end up going back to the first thing and you did. That's yeah. right. Yeah. After you waste that's all right. that time, and then exactly. there's always some management person that's so we have about two more minutes. We have time for one short question. Anybody else? Yes, short back there. there. Sure. Um, it always struck me that uh, Tailspin had a strong, in, was strongly influenced by Cheers. Aside from the Rebecca one, the <laughs> it always struck me as very Cheers-like in its in its stuff. Of course, with these fantastic elements. I mean, like we always seem like Sam alone. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not a question, but yeah, I'd agree with it. Okay. I think that, that that was one of the influences when they created it. The today. I've often wondered, too, if the Wildcat character was from that time Taxi had this strange Chris Lloyd character, Jim McNichowski, and I think it was a influence of that, too. Oh, wait, glad you came. Okay, no, it doesn't seem that way at all. Actually, we do, we do want to be where everybody knows our name. That's true. That's true. Yes. Cheers indeed. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess we're pretty much on time for the end here. I just want to thank everybody for coming out. I, I know I want to thank everybody on the panels too because as a kid, I think I was ten when it came out, I loved Telespin. So it's just an honor to be sitting here with all of you guys on here. That explains 
how messed up you are because we, yeah. we've ruined this poor man. The fact that you were 10 really bums us all out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really old now. Well, I was only 12, really. It makes sense. Yeah. Do you, can you put your finger on what made Tailspin special versus... Well, I, I always loved Jungle Book. So seeing those characters, I think, as a kid was it just I just really gravitated towards it because of that and then the stories were just amazing I, I like it as a writer because yeah. you had such freedom to take the story anywhere you yeah. wanted and and this came from the head writers uh, Jim Megan and, and Mark Zaslov mm -hmm. it wasn't just a plot story there was usually a lot of heart where Baloo went through yeah. some kind of an arc or yeah. there was a rift between Baloo and Louie and then it came back Very together. true, yeah. And yeah. I think that really invested you in the stories a lot more. And that goes back to his statement. It was a troop of characters that you wanted to learn about. And yeah. that's where it came yeah. from. So well, yeah, I think that about even them. if you didn't know the Jungle Book, yeah. Oh, yeah. these oh, yeah. characters yeah. would have yeah. grabbed Yeah, it. and you know, there was uh, nobody's going to remember this, but I remember Ginny McSwain uh, you know, every now and then somebody new would, would come in and she'd go, well, well, this is kind of a, it's a thing. We had the Jungle Book characters, but it's also a little bit of a Terry and the Pirates. Remember that? From, uh, from uh, the comic strips, yeah. right? Yep. And, and, there, and there was a groove to that, you know? Yeah. Little Indiana Jones, Terry and the Pirates, uh, Jungle Book, sure. She was the voice director. Boom, 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 there was also that very obscure, it went one season, so no one here will know it, called Tales of the Gold Monkey. But mm. it was a, uh, I don't think I know it, that. It was, yeah. a, it was a yeah. pilot in yeah. 1930s era jungle adventures. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. um, and I love that. There was probably one toe in that as well. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. All right, I guess we should wrap it up. I want to thank everybody for coming out. I want to thank Stanley's Comic Con for everything they've done. I want to yeah. thank CelebWorks, uh, Voice Chasers, uh, DAF Radio, and my name is Tim Nidell. I do a podcast called Saturday Morning Rewind. So, thanks about it. I want everybody, please. Hey. Thank you guys so much for coming out. Seriously. Thanks for listening to Saturday Morning Rewind. Please check them out on Facebook and Twitter. And that's all, folks.